Welcome back to the past. This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brian and Paul. Hello. Hello. It's hard to shake that feeling. That feeling we've made it to episode 14. Or perhaps I had too much coffee. <laughs> that, that could be it. <laughs> well, if you missed last week's show, uh, you should really check it out when the gang and I talked about the classic board game, Simon. Uh, you can find that in all of our past episodes at www.datingourselvespodcast.com, on iTunes, Google Music, and wherever you find your podcasts. We really appreciate our listeners' support, and we'd like to share some kind words left by one of those listeners on iTunes about our show. If you'd like to leave us a five-star review of your own, we would definitely love to read it on air as a way to say thanks. Yeah, exactly. So here's uh, this week's five-star written review. It's from Torgo313. It says, great times, great podcast, can't wait for more. I think that pretty much sums it up. I like it. Well, thank you, Torgo313, <laughs> for the five-star review. They are always encouraged. And be sure to tell your friends about dating ourselves. All right, let's get started. This week, I'm going to be leading a discussion on Nintendo 64's retro video game, Wave Race 64. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> it's always been a favorite of mine. Yeah, I will it's, say it's a that good one. It's definitely a memorable title. For sure, for sure. sure. And it, it's succinct. It tells you exactly <laughs> what it is in three words. It, it's who waves the fastest, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Exactly. It's, if you're happy yep. and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> it's a game of wrist motion, right? The, the waving. Yes. <laughs> Don't take that the wrong yes, way. That, that was actually the original Wii game. You just sat there and waved at the screen for an hour. Especially if you were playing the pink character. We'll get into that in a moment. <laughs> That's true. And before we get into that, remember, we will pick next week's topic at the end of this episode. It will be Nostalgia Combat! Nostalgia Combat! Myself, I am competing for 80s cartoon series Thundercats versus Brian, and Hello. where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? The, the game, game show. show. That's the PBS show, right, with acapella? Yes. Yes. So, once we get through Nostalgia Combat, we will visit our old friend, the Hopper of Imagination, to get another topic for Adam. But, now it's time. Adam, tell us about Wave Race 64. All right, so Wave Race 64, this is an absolutely fantastic game that came out for, of all systems... The Nintendo you know 65. It? The Nintendo 64. <laughs> I oh, know. it was the 64, not the 65. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know, the 64 in there was not a, a giveaway at all or anything. So, Wave Race 64 was a video game that was released on November 1st, 1996, and it was directed by Katsuya Aguchi and Shinya Takahashi. It was for the Nintendo 64 as well as a system that never was here in the United States called the IQ Player. It was a Japanese-only system, but those were the two that it were available for. I think IQ was China. Oh, China. Okay. I that, think that, that was be. Nintendo's China division because that's where uh, there was that Final Fantasy game that only came out on IQ that we didn't get to play that I still am mad about. <laughs> we'll, we'll write a very strongly worded letter to them for you, Paul. Oh, I have in multiple <laughs> languages. 
Thank you, Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, so Nintendo 64 came out with this game. It was one of the original le- uh, releases. This was give or take about two months after the Nintendo 64 was released, which was in September of 1996. So this is one of kind of the early flagship games that came out for it. Right. And right. Uh, what was really important for it is that it really was kind of one of the first games to really show off the fact that the 3D polygonal models that they used for uh, the Nintendo is, is that like having more than one wife? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, okay. okay, good. I just want to make sure I'm tracking. All right. <laughs> yes, yes. We're, we're, uh, there, there was definitely some Mormon ideology in this. Yeah, a lot, so, a lot of polygonal play there for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so anyway, um, yeah, so the, the game had a, a kind of a polygonal look to it, and this was really kind of one of the first games to popularize that look of the 3D polygons over the 2D that Nintendo had been so dependent on in the years prior. I appreciate now, you actually uh, qualifying what the actual definition of that was. <laughs> I, I want to make sure our listeners, they, they take my word very seriously, so I want to make sure they knew that I was just just teasing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so the game had a pretty basic concept. It was just like it sounds like. It was a race racing game and uh you were racing on jet skis and dependent on there there were several uh, there were four different difficulties for it there was normal hard expert and reverse and each difficulty added more racers so if i remember correctly normal it was like four racers then five then six and then maybe eight no when you say racers you mean like competitors and not selectable players correct uh, correct, yes. Yeah. So, because I thought uh, there was there only, be... there's only four characters, they just like change the costume they were wearing, right? Yes, yes, gotcha. that's correct. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I was like, I don't remember yeah, playing I'm talking with more about characters. like the computer, the the computer AI that would race against you. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and like Brian said, there are four characters. Uh, those characters were Ryoto or Ryota. I can't read whether that's an A or an O, but Ryota <laughs> uh, Hayami, which was a Japanese character. Then there was Ayumi Stewart and Dave Mercer, who were from the United States. And then Miles Jester, who was from Canada. Hey. And so you could choose any one of those. It had different colored body suits that they were wearing. Or Are you going to skip over the fourth character? I said four. There was two from there the US. There was Ryoto. I thought. Yeah. Uh, did you Ryoto? Say, what about Mary? Ayumi? Because the, hmm? the, there was a Canadian. A there were two from the U.S. A Canadian and a Japanese, right? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. the fourth, I, I just always remember the American one as the fat one. He's the blue oh, one I'm on the sorry. far right hand side. You're you're right. Uh, I said Dave Mercer. It's Dave Mariner. I can't oh, read my own handwriting. <laughs> I just remember it said D Mariner on the menu. I never mm-hmm. like bothered to look it up. I just always remembered that the American one was the fat one, and that says <laughs> yes. everything you need to know about Japanese making games for Americans. And I remember the Canadian was slightly more built than the American. Like he was bigger than the Japanese person, but you know he had like an athletic build 
build, but the American looked like he was going to sink that jet ski. <laughs> well, it's pretty funny because um, there was a lot of different tricks, and I'm sure Adam will get into kind of what some of those were. A lot of different because there was a whole stunt mode that you could do instead of racing, and the one of the special but still pretty standard ones was a backflip. And certain characters, if you got enough speed, could do a double backflip, but Mariner couldn't. <laughs> um, so I think that goes to your point, Paul, is that he was just a little too into his bulk season right now to, <laughs> to really be able to flip the thing twice. And I always thought his wetsuit was kind of strange, too, because he had basically like a bullseye right on his butt, which yes. just showed like how fat his butt was. And it accentuated that he kind of had love handles coming through his wetsuit, which the other characters did not have. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So anyway, uh, yes, you're you are correct on all of that. And you mentioned a couple things in there that I was going to touch on. Uh, first of all, there's three modes that you can do. There's championship, time trials, and stunt mode. So championship would be just like a circuit of various races that you would do trying to get the championship in that. Time trials, which is where you'd race to try and get fastest time stuff like that and then like brian said that there is a stunt mode that was associated with it where you would uh, go on the course there'd be ramps and things like that that you could use with which to do various stunts uh in kind of the the most basic ones that you could do there was a front flip if i remember correctly it was very difficult to pull that up off but you could do it there was a back flip and then there was the barrel rolls. Do a barrel roll. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so you could do either like a left barrel roll or right barrel roll. Um, there were other tricks associated with it too. Most of those were kind of similar to like uh, almost kind of like BMX stunt yeah, tricks. Yeah, because they were basically while you were still on the jet ski. Um, right. Because there was like a handstand, I remember, where you could like stand on the handlebars like, you know. In a handstand. Um, yep. And then there was one where I believe you could... there was like a Superman, which would be like where as the thing was traveling forward, you would kind of be hanging off the back of it and pull yourself back up. And then there was a ride backwards where you would like yep. literally sit on the front, you know, obviously looking backwards, uh, but still propel the jet ski forward. Um, yeah. So there was a, did you guys have a particular favorite trick or anything like that? Mine was always the backflip. I just I'm pretty simple when it comes to that kind of stuff. I've always loved backflips in games. I always liked the handstand for the sheer ridiculousness of it. Um, <laughs> I I would love to see a handstand on a stand up jet ski. I never understood how the uh, jet ski didn't just go underwater when you put forward weight on it like that. Yeah. <laughs> And the other thing that I have to mention is when you would do the handstand with the pink character, 12-year-old me was quick to notice there was a lot of detail in trying to come up with a PC way to word this. <laughs> I'll just say that there was some camel toe going on. <laughs> I would consider PC, but it's fine. It's fine. It's accurate. <laughs> I, I tried to come up with a better term. I got nothing. And I'm, I, I'm hesitant to Google synonyms for camel toe. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm going to do this real quick. I'm going to see, I'm gonna see let's if let's we can find some synonyms. Let's let the bachelor in the group synonym. look this up. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
Okay. Oh, oh, got it. Okay. Alright. Here we go. Here's some synonyms for <laughs> oh, <no>. that word <laughs> in various countries around the world. Um, so. Oh, international. My goodness. <laughs> yes, international. Uh, there's Beetlehood. <laughs> Which refers to, I'm assuming, the hood of the uh, of a VW Beetle. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that I, would I be a unisex term, though, would it not? Because I can I, see that, you know. Good. Wow. We went I would way less <laughs> uh, The next one is Margarita Rodriguez, which is from <laughs> Central Chile. <laughs> I really want to know the context of this one now. I, I dare you to order that next time you're at Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd like a Margarita Rodriguez, please. <laughs> uh, so the next one uh, is one that's common in the U.S., but I guess it's used in a different sense here, uh, which is Moose Knuckle, which is that, from yeah, parts of a, Canada. I thought that was a male uh, so I guess, thing, yeah. Well, normally, yeah, I guess normally that would be the male one in the U.S., but I it sounds like they use that in Canada for the same thing as Campbelltown, I guess. And then here's one that just makes so much sense. I never would have thought of this. Ninja's foot. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, like the little, like... Oh, I can Boop picture it. I can do. picture it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Not only are we a comedy podcast, we are an educational podcast as you well. You got, got a little bit of a sense from around the world, so... Yeah, exactly. We want everyone to know uh, the, the traditions and culture of other nations. <laughs> if we have offended you, please feel free to leave an ironic five-star review at <laughs> iTunes.com. <laughs> Um, so, as you mentioned, Paul, I, I kind of had a crush on the uh, on the pink uh, wave racer, um, and I don't remember what her name actually was. I know Adam said it earlier because you you had the ability to change all these people's names. Um, I think it was Ayumi. It could be. It could be. Or Ryota, one of the two. But her her wetsuit was kind of done up almost in like a like a beach bikini type thing with like white leggings, and yes. and. Similarly, it was something you notice right away because she's, you know, bouncing up and down on all the waves and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but yes, twelve-year-old me paid full <laughs> attention to that. <laughs> but yeah, do you guys remember any of the levels in particular or anything like that? Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I was going to talk about that next. So there were, uh, I think, nine different courses in which you could race on in the game and all of them were unique in not only like the scenery and the the setup and stuff but also in the design of the actual course so it wasn't just like going in circles uh or anything but there was sunny beach sunset bay drake lake marine fortress port blue twilight city glacier coast and southern island and they ranged uh in shape from like just a basic oval to a square to like an L-shaped course to like ones that just kind of had, you know, random 
random uh like did we lose you <laughs> <laughs> no i uh i was i was gesticulating while i was talking and hit my notebook and it made a loud noise it, make sure to stretch me. before you do that uh. <laughs> yeah no kidding uh so the uh you know they had like all different kinds of shapes that the courses were in and they had different obstacles that you had to go around as well for instance on one of them and i'm trying to remember which one it was um i oh it was uh oval uh, or sunset beach or no 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 drake lake on drake lake while you're going around it like in the middle of it there was kind of a foggy spot and in that fog there were like basically dock posts yeah. all over the water so all of a sudden you'd be going around and there's these wooden pieces that you could run into uh, or one course had a shortcut that you could go through it might have actually been drake lake where it was kind of a square but part of it was cut out and you could go through a shortcut that sounds get... familiar because yeah i feel like there was like almost like a stream that you could go up uh around yeah, like the yep. back side of an island and you can like mm -hmm. miss a whole bunch of the course i remember there was one too where um, you either had to hit a ramp and go over like a boardwalk or you had to like dive the jet ski under the water and go under it. Um, yes. And I remember that being exceptionally challenging if you missed either of those opportunities because then you'd have to go the entire way or like around the boardwalk and you'd lose yep. a whole bunch of time. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't remember which one that was off the top of my head. I was trying to find like pictures of all the maps but surprisingly it was kind of hard to find some of them like i found about half of them but a couple of them i wasn't able to find right right the biggest level that i always remember and i feel like it was the first one from the demo video where there's like a like a boardwalk going along the course mm -hmm. and i don't know why but i feel like that's the one that i either played the most or is just the most memorable for the scenery but i remember that you look to one side and you see like the boardwalk and the beach and then the other side you could look out and you could see the ocean and it just seemed to go on you could see the waves and the ripple effect and that's mm -hmm. really the first video game that i can remember feeling like it didn't have a border to it yeah like i mean clearly you couldn't go beyond the buoys like they wouldn't let you move out there but you could just like look off into the distance and it really felt like it was an open game before that sort of thing existed right mm -hmm. i agree yeah because depending on like the course that you did and things like that you could actually go up quite a ways before like the time would run out because you could go past the buoys i think for i don't remember if it was like 10 seconds or how long you could do it and i think if i remember correctly and this may be for the gamecube version because there was a sequel i don't remember which one it was but there was one where you, if you went past the buoys and you like sped up you could actually get to another section out in the middle of the ocean that just was nothing but nine foot waves and you could do a whole ton of tricks out there it was like a whole different oh, sweet. Uh, world out there yeah it's pretty cool that is that's awesome uh, and actually that the point you kind of brought up there paul was something that i wanted to bring up too and that was one of the things that was very cool about this game is how like the the game changed or, or the courses i guess changed quite often because it was one of the first games that i ever remember having like changing wave patterns and like so it wasn't like the water was moving the same direction or at the mm, same mm -hmm. 
pace at all times, which would cause, you know, issues because sometimes it would swell up more. Sometimes it would be more calm. So it could really affect your timing. Also, it would have like rising tides in the game and stuff, which was really impressive for, you know, one of the first games to really jump into the, the 3D world after, oh. you know, the Nintendo, Super Nintendo and the Genesis and all of that, that had 2D and very flat animations. And all of a sudden you had this game where like literally how the water was moving affected the gameplay. Definitely. And I think even more than just the physics of the game in terms of how it would impact your character and how your character would be able to actually race on the water just making mm-hmm. water look realistic in general um oh, I, yeah. is kind of a programming wizardry that i can't even begin <laughs> to understand because water is going to have a little bit of refraction it's going to be in in some levels it was clearer than others like in some levels you could see the bottom like uh, mm-hmm. Dolphin Park, I think, is the warm-up level. And you can right. see it clear as day. Like You can see sand below the water, where in other levels, um, I can't remember what the Marine Barracks one was called, but, I mean, it's like... Uh, Marine Fortress. It's like very dark, like almost like oily water. Like you would imagine it being a marina that's used very often for large ships and barges, and you can't see through the water at all. And I thought that was really interesting, like the kind of detail they had on those things. And... You know, Drake Lake, it was like kind of a swampy area. So there's spots where if you get close to the shore, there's like grass and stuff poking up through the water that sometimes gets covered up when the waves come through. It's And other players' wake would screw you up too. Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was one way to mess with people is you'd kind of get close to them and then turn and that would cause like a wake to kind of knock him off course or or at least put him off balance enough that they'd slow down a bit. One thing that I really that I remember too is in as far as like level of detail, I remember they had like a time trial mode or a practice mode where you would just race a dolphin uh-huh. or you would just be practicing tra- doing tricks and a dolphin would be, you know, swimming alongside you. Mm-hmm. And I remember that if you for like every good lap you had, like if you did like a perfect lap and did all the tricks and jumps appropriately, then a second dolphin would come join you for the second lap and so on. And I believe you could do it up to five times and then you could actually have a small school of dolphins that would travel alongside you. Oh, that's cool. I don't know if I've ever been that perfect where I've been able to get a Yeah, no I think it's a pod of five dolphins. I think it's a pod. Uh, Is it a pod? I think so. Sounds right. Probably right. They're not fish, right? No. <laughs> there mammals. is a dolphin fish, but that's Mahi Mahi. That's different. So yes. <laughs> very confusing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the the uh game like we've been talking about is unbelievable for its its time, you know, mid nineteen nineties, that it could do the things it did as far as the graphics uh were you know pertain to the graphics and how just absolutely beautiful it was how well the i mean and and, you know it went like i was saying before it went from you know beautiful sunny skies and then on drake lake there was a little bit of fog which gave it a little bit of an eerie feeling i always thought sunset bay was really cool too because the water was kind of like a blackish orange color as if the sun was setting it was that was kind Mm -hmm. of kind of a neat touch yeah, so, I mean, really, that was one of the first games I remember, 
them having like very vivid like you know night and or like the different times of day like you know on one course it would be very bright and sunny without hardly a cloud in the sky so that would look one way and then you'd have like sunset bay where the sky was this beautiful orange and pink with the sun setting the watercolor was different because of the sun setting that it was unbelievable how well that game was programmed yeah i agree one thing i didn't like about how it was programmed though was that damn announcer (laughs) (laughs) what was wrong with the announcer well um i don't know when the last time you played this game was but he is obnoxiously positive uh yes and he's also very like over the top announcery so nice okay (laughs) you're about (laughs) four seconds ahead and it was like always really like it was it felt like a mad lib (laughs) like you're about (laughs) four seconds ahead (laughs) Yeah, when I, I was... think of it, I, I think of, uh, you know how, like, when you watch an old serial and they have that, like, 1940s announcer voice? Yes. It's almost like that, but then give it, like, a slight British accent and then, like, slow it down or speed it up depending on how fast you're driving the jet ski. There you go. And that's how I remember it. I could be completely wrong. but Well, during the, the competition mode... The whole idea, obviously, because it's a race, is to be first, right? And you have six or eight different courses you have to go through. And the goal is to be first in as many of them as possible, because it's all based on points and stuff. And then there's a podium at the end where there's a first, second, third, and a fourth place. And if you were fourth place, if you were dead last, and you'd be on the beach, like, all bummed out. And I'm trying to remember if it's like, oh, better luck next time, or something like that, or nice try, or something that was, like, really super positive, as opposed to, like, you suck. <laughs> like <laughs> fatality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always pictured him as kind of like a Stepford Wives kind of person. Like just <laughs> just like this guy that has like a creepily like smooth face, sit like with a a permanent smile on his face. Good job. <laughs> nice going. <laughs> Maximum <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> I feel like he's like the evil twin to the outlaw golf announcer. The one that would insult you while you were playing. I shouldn't say the outlaw golf announcer is the evil twin, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they kind of have similar cadence, but they, you know, whereas one is trying to build you up and the other is trying to destroy you. <laughs> they're the they're your angel and uh devil on your shoulder. The yin exactly. and yang, yeah. <laughs> the yin and the yang. So, uh, yeah, I mean that the that's kind of the main thing about the game. It was very highly received by a lot of the gaming companies. Um, when I was looking up the ratings of it, there wasn't any rating that was below eighty percent or like eight out of ten or something like that. The highest one I saw was a ninety-two out of a hundred by Metacritic. And then they wow. range from like most of them were in the nineties. I think there was only two that uh, two companies that I found that rated it lower than in ninety uh, percent. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, do you guys remember the uh, sequel to this game? 
Uh, yeah, Wave Race Blue, correct? Blue, Blue Storm. Storm. Blue Storm, yeah. Yeah. So it had a few more characters. It had a few more levels. Um, the graphics were, like, insane for that time mm. period. I still think Wave Race 64 was overall a more fun game to play, though. Yes. But yes, I, I, I never owned a GameCube, so a lot of those games are, like, a black spot in my memory. I think I switched over to Xbox or PlayStation at that point. But yeah. I do remember the Game Boy game. Oh, from like oh, yeah. 92 or 93, like from way back? Is it that old? Wow. <laughs> I think so. Still not as old as us. <laughs> <laughs> I always assumed that the Game Boy game was just a Game Boy version of the 64. I didn't realize that it was before it. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty but, sure that's what the 64 version was based off. And I, I could be uh, wrong. Um, but that would make sense. That was my the impression that I got. Well, it was for the the old school brick Game Boy, the black and white, and it was almost like they took the Daytona racing game and then just changed the skin slightly. And then instead of having straight lines for the course on the sides, it had jagged ends for the shore. Oh yeah, and it was yeah. very similar a race. And then uh, instead of a car with wheels, it was like a little ship with lines on it to show like the top of the jet ski. Gotcha, okay. gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever played that, but I, I remember hearing about it. And if it's for the black and white Game Boy, I would imagine that it... I think the Game Boy Color was definitely out by... Would you say this game came out, Adam, 96? Yeah, the so, Game Boy Color would have definitely been out by then. Yeah. Because so, the yeah. Uh, Game Boy Color came out right around the same time Pokemon became popular. So probably a year before the game, before yeah. this game. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Did you uh, guys both own this game? Wave Race 64 did... or the or which one? Wave Race 64. Oh, I definitely did. I didn't. It was one of my one of the my favorite games for the 64 I never owned, but I never turned down an opportunity to play it. In fact, like my favorite memories uh, with this game were every time I went over to my cousin Raquel's house uh, in so- southwest Michigan. We would always play this game together. It was like our favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think that it was a game that came with the system. Um, I think it was one of the platformers. So um, I knew, like, I never had Mario sixty four, and I didn't play it until probably like two thousand, like well after everyone had played it. Wow, really? Beaten it, fallen in love with it. Yeah, I mean, I probably didn't beat the game until maybe I was a freshman in high school. Uh, you know. It was it was crazy because I had Wave Race sixty four was the game that came with it. And so other people I think Goldeneye came with their version and I think maybe Donkey Kong came with some versions. I don't remember, but I think so. But well, I remember Mario sixty four came with it at the release. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because yep. a lot of people who got the sixty four had Mario sixty four before um you know, there weren't at the release I don't remember there being that many titles. No, there weren't. It was very limited in how many games were released right with you know when it came out in September of that yeah. year. And I think we were it still was, getting. It uh... was really probably around November when a lot of the games started to come out for it for the holiday season. Yeah, because I think we... we were still really into our Sega at the point when it first came out. I think we may have gotten it maybe for my birthday that following September after it had been out for basically a year. I remember getting it the the first Christmas it came out. That was like the first new system I had gotten in a while because I think I had had the Super Nintendo for like 
four or five years at that point or something like that. And then we got the Nintendo 64, and GoldenEye was the first game I got. Yeah, I got it for Christmas that year. I I paused for a moment because I was picturing a little you, you know, like maybe four inches shorter than you are now (laughs) sitting in front of the Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what it was. I don't think any of us are particularly gifted in the height department, though. (laughs) No, that's true. (laughs) But I got it for Christmas that year, too. And the two games that we had were Mario 64 and Wave Race 64. And I think one of them came came with the system. And my parents opened it and wrapped one for me and wrapped the other for my sister. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, but I don't know which it's which game actually came with it. But I know Wave Race 64 was imagine, at least around at that time. I would imagine it was probably the Mario game because I'm pretty sure that was the game that was released with the system originally, like you said. Well, I think I know that a lot of places were doing promos for Pilot Wings too. Oh yeah, because. I remember, like, it didn't come with the game, but it was like, you know, there was a Toys R Us ad. It's like, buy your 64 here, and you can get Pilot Wings. And to be honest, in the end, I ended up loving Pilot Wings, but I never would have played it if uh, Had it not been a promotional item? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Like, looking at the commercials for it, there was nothing appealing to it, and it took me a long time to even play it. But then when I did, it kind of, it's one of those games that it's challenging enough that you, like, make it a, you know... A mission to complete. <laughs> I, I actually really liked that game. It was, it was, it's not the best game ever for sure. Like it was, it was okay, but it was fun. It was a good game if you just wanted, like you didn't want to necessarily like, you know, play a sports game or, or play like Mario or something like that or play Goldeneye. It was a fun game just to mess around in. For sure. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, other than that, really the only other thing I had was that due to the popularity of Nintendo 64 and Wave Race 64, the game actually ended up being re-released on both the Wii and the Wii U in 2007 and 2016, uh, respectively. So, it's actually been re-released twice for different Nintendo systems. And, and kind of throwing it back to a previous episode, Wave Race 64 is a much, much more playable video game than Kid Chameleon. Just want <laughs> to oh, put that yes. in there. <laughs> Kid Chameleon is a great game, but yeah, that it's very difficult. Well, I, uh, I guess that wraps up our discussion on Wave Race 64. So now we're going to move on to Nostalgia Combat. Nostalgia Combat! Nostalgia Combat! <laughs> So, I have devised a trivia question for my co-host to answer. Whoever is the closest will get to lead their chat next week. So, we will either be hearing Brian discuss where in the world is Carmen Sandiego, the game show, or Paul discussing the animated action series Thundercats. So, are you guys ready? Ready. Yes. All right. So, I'm going to keep it kind of in our topic of discussion for today. How many millions of copies did Wave Race 64 sell in the United States? Mm. Millions of copies did... Well, if it came with the system, how many systems were sold? 
<laughs> yeah, but a lot of people got Mario or Goldeneye with their systems, so that's true. Uh, I'm gonna go with ten million copies. Okay, I'm gonna shoot for the moon and say thirty, just for fun. I don't even know if there's that many uh, Nintendo 64s sold, but I'm gonna go <laughs> with it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, unfortunately, Paul, uh, it was actually considerably less than both of yours. But since Brian uh, aimed the lowest, we'll we'll go with him. It was one point nine million copies oh, that oh it sold. <laughs> I was only off by a power of ten. It's fine. Wait, yeah. was this in the United States only, or was this worldwide? That was U.S. only. <laughs> How many were worldwide? I, I don't know. I didn't see that number. Farfanugan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the uh, the German word for constipation? No. It's far from pooping. <laughs> <laughs> well, there uh, you have it, folks. I will be guiding us through the land of Carmen San Diego and the warrant uh, for next time. Um <laughs> Paul uh, will still have Thundercats in his pocket, and now we need to visit the Hopper of Imagination to get Adam a new topic. All right. Ooh, that's me this week. <laughs> that's right. We want to remind all of our listeners that if there's a topic you'd like to hear us discuss, you can submit those at our website, www.datingourselvespodcast.com. For those of you that pay attention, normally Brian mans the Hopper, but for this week... Uh, in this week only, or possibly <laughs> maybe in the future if I do a good job, Brian is letting me screw up his perfectly categorized notes to select topics for Adam. Paul's been hitting the randomized button for the last hour. <laughs> With that, I can narrow it down to three categories, or I should say two categories and uh, with a subcategory. So, okay. Adam, your choices are TV series sitcom... TV series children's show or toy? Ooh, I think I'm going to have to go TV show sitcom. Alright, sir. You've chosen TV show sitcom, which brings us to Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I love to Do you show. accept this mission? I it's too bad. You gotta take it. <laughs> Freaks <laughs> oh, and Yes, geeks. I'm so excited to discuss Freaks and Geeks at some point. F-N-G. Wonderful. Alright, so next time I'm going to be chatting about Carmen Sandiego. Topic's still on the horizon. we got Freaks and Geeks now with Adam. And still holding on with Paul is Thundercats. Uh, we appreciate you all joining us on Dating Ourselves. Uh, thanks again, guys. And if you like what you heard, there's more to come. Check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast.com to learn more about us and the show. And check out our contacts tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also send us submissions at datingourselvespodcast at aol.com. We've got mail. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. (laughs) In addition to iTunes, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Music, and wherever podcasts are downloaded. We post additional content on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash datingourselvespodcast. If you're on Instagram, you can find us at datingourselvespodcast. And we do the Twitter thing, too, at Dated Podcast. Have we gotten our show onto cassette tape yet? <laughs> I, I do. I think I saw that dual cassette recorder at my Ooh. mom's basement. I need to get back to Michigan to use it, but uh, you know, <laughs> it, it could happen. It could happen. 
I would be willing to start a GoFundMe if people want uh, if people want cassette tapes. I would be happy to mail them. What about the text transcripts? <laughs> no, I am not going to transcribe any of this. Maybe if Google does it for me, and that might be fun uh, to read. Especially Adam's uh, international colloquialism list that he had earlier in the show. <laughs> May not want that in writing. <laughs> Is it one word or two? <laughs> the world may never know. <laughs> and with that, remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been dating. Later, guys. See ya. Yep, bye. <laughs> <laughs>